0: Welcome to The Nest Show, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Before we get started with the show, I want to thank our friends and sponsors over at PrimeXPT, where many of our listeners have already signed up to trade by visiting theburbnest.com slash PrimeXPT. PrimeXBT is the most powerful trading platform offering immediate access to over 30 assets. Users may trade cryptocurrencies, Forex, commodities, stock indices, and much more, all from a single Bitcoin-settled account. Spend your crypto anywhere with the Plutus Debit Card. Visit theburpnest.com slash Plutus. Send cash to your friends and earn free crypto with the Metal Pay app. Learn more at theburpnest.com slash Metal. And now for the show, What the Nest Show is. This is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community, an independent crypto and forex-centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in the Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Nest Show podcast. And as you know, this series, this series of episodes is actually to bring the awareness to the community, to build the knowledge, for those to actually truly need it, especially now that crypto cryptocurrency market is actually just you know really, really pumping just the way it should for for the entire past years, and uh, even more because of that, it's my amazing pleasure and great honor to have an amazing podcast guest today with us. And uh, let me introduce to you, amazingly talented. And one of the most hard working people that I know, Phil, the business development advisor for YFDI. How is it going, Phil? Yeah, going really really good, Adrian. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. And actually,
2: that's probably the best introduction that anybody's ever given me. So you know, thank you very much for
1: that. No way, no, you're you're okay. Uh, yeah, very good to be having you. That's that's really an honor. And uh, you know, YFDI. Um. For those who actually don 't know you know i 'm great honored not only for having Phil today on a podcast but also for being in the real good relationship with the project itself i 'm really big supporter. Uh, we are actually having an amazing collaboration, and uh, I personally believe that 's what many people would also know that building is the key to surviving in a space the building the constructivity this actual uh, creativity as well right and pushing whatever the project kind of like you know just is it at, at one point and pushing it and building not really distracting or, or hating uh, this is what keeps this company this the, well this company and this community kind of like grow uh, for whatever it is in this industry of cryptocurrency market and, and, and then blockchain industry because again this because of the volatility there is so much emotions around any projects right so people would often blame you for for your for their losses people would often blame you you know for uh for for everything they can because you know, that's what that's what people do right and uh my very first question to you phil is about the origins of of why i like how did it all started how did the journey started
2: yeah okay. Well, there's, I guess there's two different stories here you know there's the story of how die started and the story of how I ended up getting involved with them. Um, YFDI was set up because they, uh, the founders were actually traders. They've been in the crypto space since 2016 2017. And they're heavy believers in DeFi. But more importantly, they're really heavy believers that the crypto space, and in particular DeFi, is going in a direction that it shouldn't be and that's a direction of having a lack of protection for users for buyers and sellers of tokens in particular the amount of what's now known as rug pulls and exit scams you know these projects are just going through the roof where it's very very easy to set up a telegram group a quick website um you know do a raise and within minutes, you know, be gone and disappeared. And I think the biggest issue as well is the way that the wider crypto community is viewing this, because it seems now that it's just accepted, you know, that that's the way that it is. And that shouldn't be the case. So the founding ethos of YFdy is to change that. And, you know, we can talk about that uh, a little bit more later. But they wanted to, to bring a full suite DeFi platform And we're talking true DeFi, which means real products, real services, real incomes and profit shares, um, you know, to the masses. So that's more about why I've died. I mean, for me, you know, I've been in the industry for around about five years and have been providing business development and marketing services to projects and VCs. But I actually retired um, back in 2019 because the reality of it is that projects wanted to know what ROI they could get from marketing. And the real answer to that is very little. You know, 2019, people were still hurt. You know, we'd had this big bear market. Many people had the cash down at the top. Um, there's no new money coming in. Um, so to go and spend 100, dollars $200,000 on marketing was really quite pointless in our view. And our advice to these projects was, look, go and get doubts. Go and build. Make sure you've got a really solid business model and actually achieve something and pre- prepare for the better times. So, yeah, I went into retirement. And um, the reason why I came out of retirement was because we repositioned our own portfolios to DeFi. You know, we we noticed this trend that was going to be coming back in 2018. we prepared for it. And we were researching many of the different DeFi platforms. So I came in originally as an investor, did a lot of research, found the team to be very good, like their ethos about security and bringing change to the space. So, of course, you know, I, I brought in and, you know, offered my help and my services. And that just grew to the point where I ended up being the lead advisor and Helping them get everything set up and on their way.
1: Oh, and and you're and you're doing such an amazing job as this very person. I mean, I'm so impressed. I'm so impressed with with what you achieved personally, and what you keep achieving. You know, uh, actually pushing the project forward as the business development uh, advisor in here. I mean, this is. This just speaks of how amazing, how amazingly talented you are. But with all the questions that I kind of like have in front of me, you know, just for uh, as we go, you know, I cannot really um, help myself but just comment on what you just said, you know, about how many people actually got hurt for the past years, right? And, um, and how many people actually disbelieved that this market could ever rise again, right? And we're talking back, you know, a year ago or something that was like 2019, especially you know the very first uh, couple of months, uh, quarter one. It was actually quarter two, right? This this actual Bitcoin breakout again for me being the you know technical analyst mainly. Now uh, I kind of like have all the candles in front of me just when I close my eyes, right? <laughs> it kind of like just projects everything with the charts, um, but I can. Recall that this very day, you know, of the Bitcoin breakout, uh, that gave people the hope—the hope you actually needed after this entire year of the bear market, right? Was actually on April on, on April Fool's on the on April the first, which was which was even funnier, right? Because when you think about it, this was one hoax, one, one big joke, and the market actually just you know jumped straight off to to a brand new bull market. So, and since then, the industry has really changed a lot, right? the industry has really changed a lot, not only because new people, you know, they always come and go. uh, And there is definitely, you know, unquestionable amount of new money flowing in to the industry with new people, especially, well, let's face the truth, those who who know um, not so much, those who don't really have so much experience, statistically speaking. And uh, this makes them far more indifferent, uh, you know, Pretty much uh, following different assets like cryptocurrencies within the DeFi. But yeah, speaking of DeFi, uh, this was actually a bubble at one point. Like the 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 growths, you know, for for so many projects, you know, they were actually exponential, right? Which is amazing from the perspective of the project. itself so because if they actually get the funding, they actually get the recognition that is needed for the like company to survive in this industry that is so volatile and. Uh, what I think, you know, is as also people like come and go in this industry, so do the companies. And that's what's worst about this industry, right? Just as you said, so many like projects, they just rag pull everything, right? They just come and, and come and literally just scam people out of their money. And that's what makes this industry so uh, dangerous to an extent. And I'm so impressed with how die kind of like has been approaching this matter, right? Because of not it's not only about like being verified here and there like by multiple like creditors like just blockchain auditors and so on i mean that's kind of like given right so many projects actually don't have it but if i were to kind of like just circle back to the core values to the va- fundamental values that are very specific and unique to yfdi versus the oppo- the, the the opposite or now or different projects like if you were this kind to Share your thoughts on why do you think YFDI is different? Yeah, no problems at all. I mean, for me, when I was doing my own research,
2: you know, there's key things that we look for. And, you know, the first thing that we noticed, that I noticed about YFD, is that they did no pre-sale, okay? So, you know, most of the rug pulls and exit scams, you know, they do a pre-sale and they're gone the next day. That's your first point pain point, isn't it? It's your first risk area. So YFDI did no pre-sale at all. They simply uh, funded the development themselves out of their own pocket. And we like that because it means that they've got skin in the game. Yeah? They're not sitting on a pile of ETH of other people's money that gives that temptation to either run straight away or run you know, a few weeks down the line when something doesn't go you know, quite to plan. Because you know, it's a small business, but everything is easy in the early stages. So for, that was a big plus. Um, but then they went to additional lengths because it's more than just the initial ETH that you raised, It's then about the token distribution. So they made sure that the team, the advisor, and the marketing tokens were all locked in time-release smart contracts. And there is a certain amount of uh, distribution that happens every month which gives them enough to be able to go and proceed, but, of course, gives the rest of the community the protection that the team cannot dump tokens on them. So those two things are really, really key. On top of that, they did so much more, though. You know, They then went and got fully audited by Blockchain Consilium. And, of course, as we've seen with a lot of the other exit scams, where... What they do is suddenly print and mint loads more tokens and sell them on the market, crashing the price. So having no mint function in the contract and you know having blockchain concilium to audit it to uh, show that you know again you know just these are things that we should expect to be done by projects. You know this shouldn't be out of the ordinary. So they did all of that and you know originally there was an anon team and that is always a big red flag. But unfortunately, you know, we're in the crypto industry that has very little regulation. And then what we're talking about is a DeFi project. So we're not talking about CFI where there's lots of regulations in place for all of the different jurisdictions. We're talking about a new form of bringing financial services via, you know, peer-to-peer methods. And because of that, you know, the regulation you know, is non-existent. So, there's lots of really good projects, and the legal advice to them is that they have to remain anon until there's some clarity. But again, you know, with YFDI, what they did, they took on very, very high level legal team and they worked through a route to enable them to become non anon. You know, that includes, you know, having uh, an incorporated tech company in Singapore, applications for licenses, for an exchange license and also a wallet license. And then they're actually also going one step further to have a full e money license. So, you know, it's all of these things that have been done that make a massive difference to the community. And, you know, one of the products that we're about to launch, it's actually on testing at the moment, is SafeSwap. And we've got a launchpad platform for bringing projects through that will follow you know those same key points so they need to um lock the liquidity and they need to lock the team advisor and marketing tokens they can't have a mint
1: function and they need to be audited well i think i think you've just touched upon you know very very couple of good points uh while talking about the overall i would say differences for why if that is actually unique and different right because Again, the truth is that many people like they do consider projects as mainly the investment opportunity for them right to just cash out you know on the on the difference that they actually earn through uh, through trading, but not so many people would ever realize how important it is for projects like Wi to keep building because that is actually what builds the fundamentals of the entire industry right. And I think you would agree also with that, that in general, um, there are these couple of projects, like uh, this these bi- these couple of big projects that actually work behind the scenes and that people would ever like rarely ever notice, you know, what's going on truly and how amazingly important they are to the entire consistence, uh, consistency of the entire, I would say, industry, right? So as much, for example, you know, as Bitcoin and, and Ethereum is for uh, for these, let's say, all G, you know, just uh, space for, for crypto and this entire, I would say, ecosystem. Uh, so that seems similar to me for why i to actually just position the entire DeFi industry for the, for the next month and future. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, the team are trying to bring a change. They want to change the way that people buy and sell crypto to have protection. You now, let's get rid of this um, belief that rent, rent pools and exit scams are part of the industry, and it's okay if you lose two, but you know eight become big winners. You no, know, it shouldn't be like that. There is more, you know, to it as well because we've also got to look at what do people define as a DeFi project? Because there's many, many projects that are popping up that only have one service, and it's a copy and paste of somebody else. Um, that's really not a DeFi project. So, you know, certainly with YFDAI, what they've tried to do is make a full suite platform where the residual incomes from the profits from the services are actually shared with the whole of the community. So it's not just about having a staking platform. You know, yes, staking and farming are popular at the moment and they are key parts of the platform. But it's about having other income producing the services so, you know, with YFDI, they've got a full suite. And the e-money license would also mean that eventually, you know, we'll be distributing debit cards. We'll have an e-commerce platform, you know, on-ramps, off-ramps. So instead of just being able to earn money from DeFi, you'll actually also be able to spend it on the e-commerce platform, you know, using the debit cards. So it really is a fully inclusive end-to-end
1: platform yeah I mean I can tell you you know just not only from because of what you are saying, I've also kind of like experienced you know how actually amazingly well adjusted to the user interface regarding the user interface and the overall user experience you know why have the uh, services like per per the website works i mean that that goes without saying but uh you've touched you know just upon staking and another couple of just trends right that are being developed uh in this industry. But before I ask you more about this, I truly want to kind of like just emphasize to to, to all the viewers that die is actually one of the very few, or if not the only one that has grown so much since the actual DeFi market like decreased by 70% on average so far or 60%. Yeah. But doesn't it speak a lot about the project itself to me it does right yeah i mean look it's been really really good you know
2: the our launch happened around about sort of three months ago um and the team did absolutely zero marketing everything was kept low-key they made several promises to the community which is look you know we've locked the liquidity now we're going to create the smart contracts for locking, you know, all the team advisor and marketing tokens. And we want to build solid foundations, you know, before we start marketing. You know, most DeFi projects do not have a white paper. And, you know, I'm sure that anybody that's read the YFDI white paper, it really is, you know, fully inclusive. And we only actually started the marketing campaign two and a half weeks ago but I think people have realized because of the way that it's been set up from start to finish that it's got great promise. So, yeah, you know, the whole of the market, especially the DeFi market in general, has been down massively. And, you know, the YFDI token price has grown you know, exponentially week in, week out. But more than that, what's, what's better and more interesting is the way that the community has grown. You know, we're, we're just about to touch 4,000 members in the Telegram, similar on Twitter. And, you know, it really is a fantastic community. You know, there's none of the general sort of Telegram trolling in there. It's a community that like to help new members. And I think that also speaks volumes about, you know, how far we've progressed. It really comes down to very, very simple basics, which is, you know, deliver on your promises and build your products. And if you do the foundations correctly, you know the true value of the project will grow anyway.
1: I think that's that's, frankly speaking, well said, and uh, and again, just more referring, you know, to the to the entire part. I, w- I would say from from the technical side, uh, but from the technical analysis side, and and the, this is kind of like the point that might interest uh, that may keep people interested, you know, just in. In um, observing, you know, the actual price changes over the time, and as I said, die actually has been, if not the best one, relatively for for this performance over the since it actually started. Um, then what needs to be kind of like acknowledged by, by by all the traders, by all the people, that it's never actually going in a straight in a straight line. You know, there are always like ups and downs. Uh, there are always like you know just advances and declines in the price. But when a person knows, that's what I did, right? (laughs) Uh, When a person knows and actually believes like how, for how amazing the project kind of like just, um, how amazingly it discovers the trends and the user's needs in this space. That's what I mean. This is in the long-term, like unquestionably building the value, right? Building the value and building the price because price corresponds with value, which is obvious. Um, yet so many people would not really realize that ever so uh, this brings me to this question that I always kind of like wanted to to ask about I mean this is going to might be a tough one right? so yeah. so um, it's about the trend discovery right and many people many people many projects you know they struggle to actually survive within any industry be it you know in the equities right or, or, or just issuing let's say products like like or, or services like within the cryptocurrency market industry um it's always about discovering trends and always about discovering these trends early right so per all the features that that wired actually brings which is you know staking forming safe swap and borrowing and lending and launch but and and insurance you know and so on and so forth and so many to come this is all the trends that i'm talking about right and for a project there needs to be always like this kind of like a i don't know perhaps gap filling right for what the direction for the market is going to be in the next couple of months or years so i very wanted to to kind of like hear uh very much um on what your take is like from your perspective as the business development advisor how is that possible or what are the steps what are the ways perhaps to predict such trends?
2: Yeah, it's a really, really good question. Um, I think it's, when you're looking at something like this, you've also, you've always got to look at what's the short term trend, and what's a long term trend that's gonna actually have some longevity to it. okay? So that's the first thing we need to do. I mean, I think most people in the space believe that, you know, how, finances being accessed at the moment is coming to an end you know it's very very tricky you've got to provide kyc you've got to provide your bank statements you've got to basically tell them every single detail about your life Um, and then you know after a certain amount of days you know you'll get a no answer and quite often you know there's people that have got equity but they just need to raise some funds for something that aren't able to The current system is slow, it's expensive, and the majority of the profits are going to the institutions that are providing the services. So the good thing about decentralised finance is it makes it accessible to everybody. You don't need to go into a bank. You don't need to sit down with an advisor and have financial advice just about,
1: you know, taking xyz products because sorry but just because you can always take an advice from a carton pirate or other like any character on twitter right (laughs)
2: like (laughs) you know there's there's many products out there where you know most people are able to make their own decision if they've got the equity um to put up you know why shouldn't they be able to do that you know in a fast and you know good manner so, you know, decentralised finance, we believe, is in the very, very, very early stages, and the growth that's coming for it is going to be exponential. So it was, you know, fairly obvious that that's a place where a project would be good, you know, well-positioned. But we've got to look a bit deeper than that, because, you know, staking and farming, you know, are they really decentralised finance? You know, in a way, yes, because, you know, you can earn any return. On your assets, so if you hold X amount of token and you stake it or farm it, you know you can receive X percent more tokens. But of course, you know that depends on the value of that token. You know, if the value of the token is decreasing whilst your amount of tokens is increasing, most a lot of people find out that actually they're not making much profit. But that's really a story of you know inflation that we'll probably talk about later anyway. So we then need to start looking about. Okay, well, what is true decentralized finance? And of course, lending and borrowing is 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 already getting huge, with TVLs, you know, going through the through the roof. But we looked at it and we thought, okay, well, what's going on in the wider world? You know, at the moment, as everybody knows, the whole world has been affected by COVID. And we have to look at what the effects of COVID are. Well, for us, we went into lockdown um, two days ago, so we can't now go out. The banks are shut; you know, everything's closed. We've only got supermarkets and chemists. So people are now being forced to do a lot of things that they would traditionally have done online, and that's why you know we saw this early, and we believe that the e-commerce side and the application for the e-money license was going to be so important because, you know, the online shopping is only going to be going in one direction. You know, for the last three, four years, there's been a huge decline of retail on the high street because shopping online and doing things online is cheaper and it's faster. And, of course, with COVID, this is just going to accelerate it much further. So that's really why, you know, with YFDAI, we looked at, okay, you know, what is DeFi about now? But what is it going to be about in 12, 18, 24 months' time? And having the end-to-end solution with the on-ramps, the off-man, off-ramps, and a full e-commerce platform to allow you to actually not only earn returns, earn profit shares, get access to financial services, but then also be able to spend it using debit cards and using e-commerce platforms, we believe that that is a market that's going to be growing
1: exponentially yeah i think again i mean phil for what you've just said there's so much actually that i could refer to but i wish we we had so much time for that now because you've been already generous with your time and thank you for that but i cannot really help myself but again just comment very briefly on um and actually confirm it for what you said and the way I look at it personally, you know, just as an investor, as a technical analyst, as a kind of like as well to an extent, like this industry believer, right? Although people too often confuse the actual belief and making money, because th- these are not the same things, right? Uh, but the truth is that the entire world, like with the with the chance, you know, for um, chance or should I say the, the threat perhaps, uh, from, from COVID, although it can be chance for, for some though. Uh, The entire economic situation on the planet, right, Uh, it's actually being shattered to an extent. And despite, you know, many people will just see uh, after the open, I don't know, the the trading view charts, you know, that S&P 500 or the Dow Jones Industrial Average, whatever averages you kind of like imagine, they will just keep growing, right? But so few people would ever realize that comes mainly from printing money. Right. And printing the unlimited amounts of money, which is the quantitative easing, of course, just bringing the inflation, keeping the inflation high, keeping the uh, currencies devaluated. And uh, the way I read this is uh, by the central banks is a slow generational kind of like a transition from the classical, I would say, perhaps, or the world we know we've known so far per, per finance to digital economies, right? When everything is digital, when it, just like you said, like the, you know, just commerce, the, the shops are online, right? So they can get everything online, especially with the financial services ahead. And uh, isn't it like, again, uh, feel free to comment on that, but isn't it to an extent that the cryptocurrency industry, because it was, you know, created, the Bitcoin was created on uh, on October uh, 31st, we've just recently celebrated 12th birthday for for Bitcoin in 2008. That's when it started. Two weeks after the Lehman Brothers bank collapsed, right uh, in the in the housing bubble, and Bitcoin was the answer to that. Technically, technically, I mean per per the per the document, per the white paper, it was to solve the inflationary model that is faulty and that is actually you know just devaluating the currencies. And Bitcoin proposed different solution for deflationary model, right? For the model that actually, because of the mining you know, difficulty, just makes this supply and uh, pretty much like keeps keep it stable and at the same time demand to keep growing. And the way I think is that cryptocurrency is sort of like this middle element, this middle point between the transition uh from the system that we've known so far to a brand new digital economies. And uh, I don't know perhaps this may be just like a test run right for like in, i'm talking about the huge scale like the generational scale uh which yeah. is uh yeah which is general to, again the decades the last decades but with all the achievements so far from YFDI and all the plans ensured by the actual uh credibility for for die, which i think is needed in this industry i think literally, that this is going to be a project that is going to last so many years that it actually will help the world just switch and transit to the new uh, digital economies. And uh, is it like, would you, would, you, would you be happy to comment on that, perhaps?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, um, you, know, you mentioned something earlier on, which was, <clears throat> you know, there was a time when everybody thought that, you know, cryptocurrency was over and Bitcoin was never going to come back. Um, and of course it has. And you know, we've seen just over the last you know few weeks and months very, very large institutions now coming into crypto with PayPal well, you know, just two weeks ago you now coming in and supporting cryptocurrencies. So, yeah, I fully believe that we are going to be seeing um a huge change um and a step towards you know sort of digital currencies becoming mass-adopted, which is what everybody in crypto has been talking about, you know, for years. Um, but I definitely believe it's coming. Something else that you touched on, which I think is important, you know, is when you discuss about inflation. Now, that really is an important point because it doesn't matter whether it's cryptocurrency or a traditional business, inflation um, can be extremely damaging. And, you know, we touched on it before with, um, farming pools and staking pools that, you know, if you've got a high amount of inflation, you know, yes, you may be getting more of something, but if it's worth less and less and less, it's very, very hard to make a profit. And that's something that at YFDI we've gone into great detail with. You know, the economics of the white paper, um, you know, It took a very, very long time to get it right. And we've got a small supply. It's only 21,000 to begin with. And with the farming and the staking tokens, they uh, are distributed. It's a much, much lower inflation rate than most of the other projects. But we have a solid burning mechanism in place. We'll actually remove every single farming and staking token that's ever distributed. So eventually, there'll be just you know, nine hundred and fifty tokens. So, you know, to remove inflation is always key, really, or extreme inflation, it's key in any business.
1: That's very true. And that's what happens with so many governments, right? Yeah. Um, or, or, or countries like Zimbabwe or, you know I mean, right? Especially countries have the hyperinflation shots. But, um, you know, again, I think we agree that die is actually... I think one of the leaders currently in the DeFi scene, and that is exactly what opens the door for the entire industry. Just as I said, even if it happens behind the scenes and so like unnoticed for by to like too many to so many people, this is still happening. Right? This is still happening by Wifty, and uh, I just want to highlight once again for how much of the credibility uh, I owe they give to to YFDA for what they've been doing. And uh, and it's not only, again, about such amazing people in the team just like, you know, like like Phil, our amazing guest, but it's also about the mission and the actual vision for, for the company that keeps growing, right? And just to make sure that, uh, again, that the products are delivered, right? And as it recently happened, the products are often delivered even way beyond, you know, just before, before the actual schedule says so, right? which is yeah. amazing and just gives it a confirmation. Uh, would you just give a tiny, tiny hint before I let you go uh, for what the latest updates are and what's the newest updates that are actually coming just in the next uh, yeah, sure. days and weeks? Sure, I mean look, we always have
2: to be realistic. You know, The project's only uh, three months old. We've got a lot to prove um, and the only way that you're going to be doing that is by consistently delivering. You Know we currently sat at just a five million market cap, so you know we are aiming to be one of the leaders in the market, but we do acknowledge that there's a lot of work and a lot to prove along the way. But yeah, so far we've got staking is live. Um, and you know, you touched on it earlier, our interfaces are very, very easy to use. I think that that's key for anything in DeFi. Farming's live, it's been up and running now for around about two, three weeks, and we are about to launch. SafeSwap, which is our exchange, and also Launchpad, which will be helping all of these other projects launch in the right way with the token locks, with the contract audits, and everything else. So that's all going to be coming in within the next four weeks. Um, And we're also, actually, um, just after I get off this call, we'll be launching um, a new profit share, so a new income to our users, which will be accessed by NFTs. So that's something that we're really, really excited about as well. Um, there's also quite a few sort of surprises to come because when we did the white paper, we only wanted to give the products and services that we were deliverable now. You know, so sort of by Q1, Q2 um, next year. But there's probably three, maybe four other really exciting services that aren't on the white paper. So um, yeah, look out for a, a white paper V2. Coming back soon.
1: Well, that's, that's been really impressive to me. Uh, that's been really impressive to me. And so many people, I'm sure, are actually going to fall in love with die after they've watched this, now, this amazing episode with such an amazing guest, of Phil, for the business development for die Phil, it's been such an honor to have you on this show today. And uh, we do have such a custom for, for every guest that we all, always have. Uh, that we give the like a very very space, you know, very tiny space at the very end to share their thoughts, their final tips and suggestions for those who I knew and want to survive in this space. Like, would you would you be happy to share some some tip of yours?
2: Oh well, you know, let's keep it really really simple. You know, if something is too good to be true, you know, it usually is. You know, do your own due diligence. You know, don't listen. So, you know, there's a lot of good information available on Twitter and on YouTube. But unfortunately, there's also a lot of, you know, misguidance as well. So, you know, it's be sensible. Uh, if you're unsure, seek advice from somebody that you trust. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, purchasing crypto, you know, you've just got to make sure that you're safe. You're always ensure that you've got two of bank. Now, be careful of leaving lots of funds on exchanges. These are just really the basic rules that anybody should you know be doing before they get into crypto and the key comes down to research you know anybody can go into a telegram group find out who the CEO is or at least one of the higher level managers, drop them a message you know, ask them the questions you know ask them the tough questions that too many people, don't read white papers. Too many people don't ask the questions and it really does only take five or ten minutes. So my advice to all of the new people coming into crypto is to take a breath, take your time and you know, just be sensible. You know If you're going to go and buy a house, you, know, you, you wouldn't go and do that without a solicitor or without doing the necessary research and due diligence. You know Any investment should be no different Take your time, take a breath
1: and, you know, do that research. I couldn't agree more, Phil. That's, that's again, just, just another point to, uh, for, for the people to love why I've and love how amazing, how amazingly talented person you are. Thank you for being here on this, the Nest show podcast episode. And as always, Adrian Cryptover has, I've been your, just your host again. And, uh, Thank you for being here.
2: I know. I've really actually
1: enjoyed it, Adrian. It's been a good chat. I hope we get to do it again soon. Yeah, we'll make sure to cover that again. Just stay tuned. Thanks for having Uh thanks, every, thanks to everybody for watching. And let's stay tuned for another episode.
0: SAT revolutionizes online advertising with blockchain technology. Learn more at thebrepnest.comslash SATT. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nestro. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbnest.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us at theburbnest.com slash Discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at theburbnest.com slash bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestro at the burbnest.com. This podcast is brought to you by The Burbnest. Nest. Thank you and trade on.